So here's a question. You ever start the week, start the day off, big smile on your face, full of faith, full of optimism, full of hope? It's going to be a great day. It's going to be a great week. And then after a period of time, circumstances have come your way and your mood has swung from good to bad. Ever, anyone ever had that happen to them? Anyway, anyone ever had it where you started your day off with a great faith-filled mood and you've encountered people who maybe causes your mood to swing from good to bad? We're launching a series today called Mood Swingers. And the good news I want you to know is that this idea of, of us being somewhat um, led by our emotions, somewhat blown around in the breeze by circumstances that cause our emotions to swing, it doesn't have to be that way. We don't have to be the victims of emotions that just seem to run wild like horses and we have no control over them. And we're going to spend three weeks uh, drilling down into, into the idea around swinging our mood. Uh, we're going to look at the, the possibility, and I would say the promise, that we can actually control our emotions and not have our emotions control us. Next week, I'm going to teach about how we can be overflowing with joy even when we're overcome by negative circumstances. And in week three, I'm going to be teaching how to beat burnout and uh, with a little surprise twist in that message. So I encourage you to be here for that. But as you can see, the graphics for Mood Swingers is very emoji-centric. Or, uh, or another word you can use is emoticon. Emoji, emoticon, kind of means the same thing. The, the opening video asked the question, uh, you know, some of you regular users, some of you occasional users, some of you had no idea what an emoji is. How many are regular emoji or emoticon users? Yeah, 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 okay, good, good, Georgia, correct. How many of you occasional, occasional, occasional? How many of you have not yet lost your emoticon virginity? All right. See, so here's the thing, right? About, four, about six weeks ago, Renati, leading worship this morning, great job as always, uh, sent me a text with a little uh, thing. Hey, just got this uh, message from fiance Steve and uh, she copied it, pasted it, forwarded it to me. Full of emojis. Half, half of the message was words and half of the message was emojis. And she said, he's never ever used emojis in his life until he met you. <laughs> so I don't know if she was giving me the credit or, or passing on the blame. I don't know. But anyway, it was like, okay, whatever. You know, Baden, he's proving a much harder nut to crack. I'm all over him with emojis. He just texts back in English. Boring. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, Jill will double team him. See, now, let me, if you're not convinced that there's some value to using emojis, they can actually uh, communicate emotion. That's part of the kind of the appeal is, you know, we, we text, we, we send emails. It's difficult to, to communicate the emotion. So you put a face in there. Now, it's a little bit OTT often. You know, you put the one with the guy who, with the tears streaming down his face, laughing, laughing, laughing. And you're not really doing that when you're sending it. You're like mildly amused, but this guy's like, <laughs> um, it's cool. It's fine. Um, emojis can also be used strategically to condense information. It's said that a picture paints a thousand words. Let me show you a picture here that paints a thousand words. Um, I don't need to say anything. 
the, the emojis say it all. A few weeks ago, Louie and I were having a conversation at home, like a real like in-person one. And, um, and I said to her, I don't know what the on-ramp for this. I said, hey, you know, do you know, babe, that actually uh, people now have whole conversations just, just by using emojis. They're called emoji conversations, using emoticons. And she's like, no, rub it. You know, like typical, doesn't believe a word I say. I say, okay, look, let me give you some examples. So here's an example. Dinner invite from mum. Want to come to dinner tonight? Not tonight. Flower? Oh, dislike. Oh, yeah, I'm not happy too. All right? Two words. This one I got from some chick named Carly Ray uh, a few weeks ago. And Carly Ray texted me and said, hey, I just met you. And this is crazy. But here's my number. So call me maybe. It's hard to look right at you, baby, but here's my number, so call me maybe. It's like one of the strangest texts I've ever got. There's other use cases. In the, in the US right now, you can set up your own account on Domino's. You can put in what's your favorite pizza, topping, size, etc., and you can just text the pizza emoji to Domino's, and they will deliver your pizza and charge your account. That's what you have to do. How good is that? The Aloft Hotel in New York just last week rejigged the way they do their room service. Here's what you get when you, when you check into the Aloft Hotel. You get this, um, and you just have to text the, the emoji or sequence of emojis, and they will deliver said thing, room service, to your hotel. There's a lot of reasons to use emojis. Just saying. The big idea behind mood swingers is not to convince you to use emojis. The big idea is found in something that Jesus said. John wrote it, chapter 15. John wrote this. And to some people, this, this will be breaking news. Jesus said, I've told you these things. So you have to look at the backstory for yourself. I've told you these things so that you will be filled with joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Did you know that following Jesus and being filled with joy are not mutually exclusive. Following Jesus and being overflowing with joy is possible. Now I know you've probably met some Christians that don't seem to be overflowing with joy. But I'm just saying Jesus says it's possible. I like to think that one of our challenges, one of, one of the things that Jesus kind of commissions us to do is create climate change. And I don't mean the environment, although I think I can make a pretty solid biblical case about how we're meant to leave the world better than we found it. Mother Earth, whatever you want to call it, God's creation. But actually create, create climate change. If you're a leader in your business place, if, if you're a parent, um, if you're a friend, one of the things that Jesus calls us to do is create climate change, positive climate change, that we're somebody who helps, is a mood swinger in other people's lives, help them turn their grey skies to blue, not their blue skies to grey. Be positive climate change. Be, be faith-filled climate change that, that people that know us, kids that, 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 that have been born from us, people that work with us and around us and for us would know us as being someone who is a presence in their life that causes their mood to swing because of the positive, faith-filled 
climate change that we create. And not just a little bit of joy, overflowing with joy. I'm going to talk about that next week, how to be overflowing with joy even when we overcome by our circumstances. But here's the thing. Moods matter. You can spend years climbing out of a hole that you dug because you made a stupid decision when you were in a bad mood. You can wreak havoc on a relationship by using destructive words generated because of the mood you were in. Louis and I don't brawl very often. We got it all out of, our, out of our system in the first five years of marriage. We had 50 years worth of arguments in the first five years. Put it behind us. Occasionally, occasionally, we'll have a strong discussion. And uh, if you're familiar with um, military tactics, you would be familiar with the term escalation. And what we've taught ourselves to do is when our emotions start to escalate to a point where we're starting to say stupid stuff that we wouldn't ever say if our emotions weren't escalating, that we just shut down the conversation until our mood swings back to where we can actually have a constructive conversation because you can say some stupid and highly destructive things because you're in a bad mood. And yeah, you know, Aussies, Aussie blokes, let's throw us under the bus, shall we? Aussie blokes, tough Aussie blokes. Yeah, well, I just say what I feel. When I feel it, it's tough for everyone else. Okay, if that's you, let me just say, that is one of the most ignorant, selfish, and moronic things that you could actually position yourself in because moods matter. So Solomon, wisest guy that ever lived, except for Jesus, wrote what we now call the book of Proverbs. And, and called the book of Proverbs, but more accurately, they would be referred to as the book of uh, Proverbs of wisdom. Proverbs, not just um, limited to the Bible, many cultures pass down values and instruction in the form of Proverbs, kind of things to remember. And Solomon wrote a bunch of them uh, to family members. He was the king of Israel for a period, wrote stuff there. And uh, it's recorded, 31 books of Proverbs. Early on, he was writing Proverbs chapter 4. And, and this is some of the wisdom he wrote then. The path of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. That's great. We like that. It's a good way to start the day. Morning sun shining ever brighter till the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is deep darkness. Something swings. They do not know what makes them stumble. Now, just let me give you a little bit of bonus content here. Solomon isn't writing about righteous people versus wicked people. Righteous means someone that has a right relationship with God. Okay, Solomon's actually not writing about people who have a right relationship with God versus, that, call them righteous, versus wicked people who don't have a, a right relationship with God. He's talking, he's talking about the path 
of the righteous, how the righteous can live is like the morning sun. The way of the wicked, in contrast, is like deep darkness. You can be a righteous person. You can be someone who has a right relationship with God, but live in the way of the wicked. And guess what? Get the results that someone who doesn't have a relationship with God would get in their life. Moods matter, he went on to say. My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Don't let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. <laughs> and he's already said a bunch of stuff. And after the bunch of stuff he's already said, and he's, you know, we've got three and a half chapters before this, he says, above all else. When he says above all else, he's saying, of all the things I've said, and they're all super important. Here's the number one. Here's the most important. Here's the one that stands head and shoulders above all the others. Don't discard them. He's just said, pay attention to what I've said. Turn your ear to my words. And with all of that in, in your bag of tricks, above all of those things, guard your heart. Why is that important? For everything you do flows from it. If that's true, if everything we do flows from our heart, then it's pretty important about how we have our heart. And the problem is, to many of us, we don't pay enough attention to guarding our heart. We, we put SPF 50 plus on our skin when we go out into the sun to protect our skin, but we don't give the same attention to what goes into our heart. We choose, some people, to, to not put certain foods in their pie hole and yet don't choose what we let into our heart. We uh, parents choose to, to prevent their kids getting into certain dangerous situations and yet we allow ourselves to be influenced by toxic people whose toxicity can get into our heart. But Solomon says, guys, above everything else, guard your heart because everything you do flows from it. There's a big trend right now in uh, the health and fitness world called quantification. And it's the idea that, that, that we will be uh, fitter, more healthier people if we know the data. If we know how many steps we've taken, we might set a steps goal and, and, and we know how many steps we've taken. Um, if, if we know uh, how many calories we've burned, if we know how long we've been sitting, how long we've been standing. Um, one of the most, uh, I guess, it's not a recent thing, but it's, it's become very mainstream, is heart rate monitoring. And a Fitbit have a, have a surge model, pretty sexy little device. It monitors your heart rate. Apple Watch, just coming out with the Apple Watch with a heart rate sensor built into it. I have a heart rate, a Garmin heart rate uh, monitor that I use um, most times when I'm training. And, and it's the idea that you see the intensity you're working at. We can monitor a heart rate. We know, you know, um, uh, you know don't be the person at the gym that's on the exercise bike reading the No Idea magazine uh, because you probably if you can concentrate on that, you're probably not working hard enough. Um, well, the, the, the heart rate monitor will tell you that. Put the magazine down. Put the intensity up. Oh, then I might start perspiring. Yeah, okay. So, uh, yeah, hmm. All right. Lease the machine, stay clean. Um, 
But I think more important than a heart rate monitor would be a heart guard. Someone can come up with that. Someone, something, something that you wear it around your heart and it, and it shot blocks stupid people. <laughs> it, cross to the other side of the road. Stupid person coming. Stupid person parking car next to coffee shop. Leave coffee shop now. Thanks. Notification screen. All right. Toxic person said something that if you let it through to your heart, it will change your mood. Reject words. Circumstances approaching. If you allow them to control you, your mood will swing. Happy days will not be here again. <laughs> See, my parents told me don't believe everything you hear. In a series earlier in the year called Crash the Chatterbox, I told you don't believe everything you think. Mood swingers, I'm telling you, don't believe everything you feel. Don't be led by your feelings, you can learn to control your emotions and not have them control you. And the starting point is, uh, well, it's simple. It's simple to understand. It's maybe a little bit harder to do, but I simply say this. The starting point to controlling your emotions and not having them control you is to own your emotions. Louie and I, we just climbed out of debt, worked hard with God's help for the last couple of years. We just climbed out of debt. So now we've got a bit of breathing space. See, when you're nostril deep in debt, even the slightest ripple is life-threatening. You guys, some of you know that, but some of you guys have been on the same journey as Louie and I have been on, getting out of debt, letting the debt levels go down. Well, guess what? When you get out of the hole of debt, you don't just have freedom from debt. You start to have freedom to choose some of the things you can spend the money that you used to spend 30% interest giving to the Visa card uh, company. So we've been living in a house for just uh, around five years. We had our television screen on the cardboard removalist box for that five years, very, very precarious, not very kid-friendly. Um, Pete and Carlene's boy Josiah nearly killed himself on multiple occasions, uh, scurrying past that. Um, well, we've been able to start giving our house a facelift and uh, nothing dramatic, just a cosmetic mostly. Um, uh, one of the things we did is we put a new uh, entry door in um, with double deadlocks and a new screen door with triple deadlocks, and uh, it's crim safe, because if it's not crim safe, it's not crim safe. But our screen door, thank you, DK Lily, is crim safe, and so we've got a new screen door, lots of locks, and uh, a new entry door, lots of locks. By the way, these days you can get them keyed to the same key: five locks, one key. You're welcome. And uh, so, um, but here's the thing: we didn't put one on our next door neighbor's door. Because, duh, you only guard what you own. Makes sense, right? When it comes to our physical stuff, but what about our heart? See, the mistake we make with our heart is we too often give other people the ownership of how we feel. Ever said these words? Well, he just made me so mad. See, if you think someone else has the power to make you mad, you actually are giving them the power over your emotions. You're giving them the control. You feel like you have no say in how you feel. But when you start to own 
your emotions. So they're my emotions. You can do a stupid thing, but you can't make me mad. You can do things that frustrate me, but it's my choice of how long I'm going to live with that frustration, how deep I'm going to let that spiral go. Or I can guard my heart. And when you do stupid things, say stupid things to me, I can guard my heart. They're going to they're come. I can't control you, but I can guard my heart. You, you, the stupid things you're doing or saying, if I let you control and you own my emotions, will swing my mood, but I'm not going to let you control my emotions because I own my emotions. Oh, well, that person offended me. Look, I learned this long ago. No one can offend you. We don't get offended. We take offense. People can do offensive things. People can say offensive stuff, but the choice to be offended is still ours. We don't get offended. We take offense. But when we start owning our emotions, we can guard our heart and not let other people and circumstances cause our mood to swing, but we can actually take control over our mood. See, not owning your emotions is like putting yourself in prison and giving someone else the key. Your joy is your job. It's not someone else's job, and it's up to us to make our emotions work for us. You work for me, buddy. Okay. Not us work for them. So sometimes we give ownership to, to people. Sometimes we give ownership to circumstances. We let cer certain circumstances cause us to, to go from a good mood to a bad mood, from, from joy to, to anger, from, from faith to frustration. And, 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 and see, I'm not saying you'll never face circumstances that have the potential to swing your mood. We, all, we always will. We always, we, and we can't control everything around us, but we can control what God has placed in us because he is there on the inside working with us. One of the things that um, causes me intense frustration is Louisa's total disregard of my towel rotation system. You're not surprised that I have a towel rotation system, are you? Oh, exactly. So, no, well, see, I'm not OCD. OCD is a statement that disorganized people make to uh, make people who are organized feel uh, worse about themselves in the hope that they'll also feel better about themselves. And so I reject the premise that I'm OCD. In fact, what I am is very clever and disciplined. So I have a towel rotation system. Uh, would anybody like to hear my towel rotation system? All right. Well, this is proprietary information, okay? And those of you that laughed with me when I came out and declared that I have a towel rotation system, you may stay. But those of you that laughed at me, you do not deserve to get on the inside of my towel. Just kidding. Uh, so here's the thing. We got married nearly 18 years ago, and people gave us towels, towels for our engagement party, towels for our um, wedding, gift registries. We had a lot of towels. And 
after a few years, it took me a few years, but after a few years, I noticed that we were using, you know, and stacked up in the, in the linen cupboard, we were just using the same two or three towels over and over and over and over again. We were multiple years into our marriage, and there was a whole kind of bottom half of the stack of towels that we'd never even used once. Some of them still had their tag on. That didn't make sense to me. So I introduced a towel rotation system. I'm a problem solver. It's what I do. I'm a relentless improver. It's what I do. Sometimes I don't even think about it consciously. It just happens. I just walk past people and they get better. And uh, so I walked past my linen cupboard and I thought, there's got to be a way. So here's what I come up with. And it's going to be simple. I like simple. It's simple. It's simple. It's simple. I can do it. Louisa can do it. Guests can do it. She doesn't, but she could. That's what makes it even more frustrating. It's not complicated. Is that when you uh, pick your towels from the, the, the line, fold them, you put the, the, the freshly washed ones on the top, which is what we were doing. I didn't change that part of the system. But when you need to get your new towel, you, you hold the stack <laughs> and you take the new towel from the bottom. You're welcome. Yeah, well, she's never done that once. <laughs> I asked her permission to share this story. I said, babe, I'm going to be throwing you under the bus. And uh, she knew I wouldn't be throwing her under the bus because half of you think that she's right in this particular situation. And it should be me under the bus. And Anyway, I said to her, babe, I'm going to share a story about on Sunday. Can I t- tell you so you can give me permission? Oh, what is it? It's about your complete and utter disregard for my towel rotation system. <laughs> oh, Yeah. She had no regard for the regard of me telling the story about her disregard. My mood swings in these situations. All right, not really. Uh, I did find myself um, just over a month ago uh, really in a, in a setting where, where, where I had to put this to the test. Um, this is a, a, a serious story. No towels are involved. Um, so about a month ago, uh, we, we, Elevate, um, had a tenancy dispute with one of our tenants. We, we own a couple of the houses nearby, as many of you know. And uh, we had a tenancy dispute with one of the tenants. And uh, they weren't doing what we considered to be the right thing. And uh, we had to take them to court. Um, and I've never been to court in my life, okay? Um, and we were taking them to court. I wasn't... Uh, but... Um, but you have to, you know, you have to prepare and make sure you, 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 you fill out all the forms and you tick all the boxes and go through the motions and so on. And it's not massively time-consuming, but it does take time. And uh, the week of the court date was, uh, was set for a Thursday morning. I was on annual leave, or allegedly. And uh, I'd planned during that week uh, to, to, to paint my house, paint the walls. This is the, the facelift on our house thing, just paint the walls. And I thought it'd be great, great kind of escape, you know, Put, put some music on, get the rollers and the brushes out. I've done my consulting. We've got a very, very large percentage of people in the paint industry here at Elevate. It's kind of, I don't know. But anyway, it's a blessing for me. So I'm asking advice and I'm buying all this stuff. I've got everything, like the chef, the mise en place. You got to, I've got all my, my brushes there, my rollers there, and the special brushes, and the, this nap roller, and this paint, and this undercoat, and this trim, and this cover, everything. Linseed, low odor terps. Man, I was ready. I, I bought white clothing because you can't paint unless you wear white clothing, right, Tom? 
even though it doesn't stay white very long unless you're painting with white. Um, and so I was ready. Good. Extension pole for the roller. Fantastic. Never painted anything in my life. But hey, look, I'll give it a crack. And uh, <laughs> figured after 46 years, I've got to be good at one thing. Uh, uh, what do you call that? Um, Handyman-wise. And uh, great. And, uh, and, and, and so Monday morning... Uh, ready to go and I start painting Beats 1 radio on the background yeah feeling young and um, start painting cutting in and this and that and I just I just found myself thinking on endless loop about this court appearance coming up in three days I, I found myself thinking about the, the circumstances around this and how frustrating it is and what a time suck it is and what a distraction it is. It's not just a distraction on me. Baden's involved. A couple of other of our people having to get involved. And, you know, our job's not to manage property. Our job's not to go to court. Our job's to lead people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. And I don't want to have any one minute of my day taken away from that, uh, apart from when I'm on holidays and then I'm just kind of paint. Uh, nobody leading themselves to Jesus in this house, just paint. Uh, but anyway, everyone needs a break. And I find myself thinking about this stuff. and getting so frustrated. And Louis, Louis was off uh, work that week. Now, we weren't, you know, it's not a romantic week of holidays. I'm painting. She's pulling towels from the top of the linen cupboard. Um, and uh, see, they knew I was going there. And, um, and uh, man, and... So I'm like in my head, I'm I'm saying the F word, not and not not forgiveness, uh, different F word. Just boom, 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 dropping the F bombs in my head. I'm getting wild, and uh, and 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 then I start. I started finding myself taking it out of Louis, like my frustration of this whole scenario on Louis. I wasn't enjoying the painting. I was meant to go and leave. I wasn't feeling that I was you know decompressing, which is part of what leads up getting so mad. And uh, Tuesday afternoon, Louise, you know, Tuesday afternoon, she's like, that's it. I'm leaving. She didn't know why I was thinking what I was thinking, but she was, I was creating climate change. And it wasn't good climate change in our house. There was a very dark cloud hanging very low in Victoria Park over our house. And I, and I literally, she, she, I'm leaving. So storms out of the house, gets in her car, little VW Polo, so <laughs> slams it. <laughs> I ride a 50cc Vespa, so I don't even have that going for me. Flipping Harley pulled up next to me, the lights in Burswood this morning. Just <laughs> I will not be dragging you off when this light turns green. I got nothing to prove here, buddy. Um, so Tuesday afternoon, so she, she drops it, she left because of me. She didn't, she didn't need to be anywhere. She just needed to be where I wasn't. And I'm like, oh, it just, I'm like, oh, Mark, you idiot. Not only should I not be taking my frustration out on Louis, who, who's not got anything to do with it whatsoever, I'm letting the circumstances steal my joy. I shouldn't even be feeling this way, let alone taking out her. And, 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 and quite literally, Tuesday afternoon, as the screech of the front-wheel drive polo went up our driveway, I, had, I just stopped and I said, God, oops, I'm making a decision right here, right now to swing my move, to not let 
I can't change those circumstances. The court date's coming. We've done the prep. We're ready. I can't change any of that. I can't control any of that. But I'm going to own my emotions. And I'm going to swing my mood. And if Louis comes home, ever, uh, there will be a different climate in our house. And I will have created climate change and swung my mood. And it, it worked. And here's the thing. Uh, we can't always control the circumstances around us. We can't always control the people around us. But we can always control our response. And this, let's finish with this thought because I'm aware of a couple of things. I'm aware that, that one Maybe for some of you, it's breaking news that God has any interest in your mood. He does. I think we've made a reasonably compelling case about that, about the importance of guarding our heart. But this isn't a self-help seminar. We could walk away thinking it is. Mark's just given me one step to controlling my emotions, own them, love it, worth the price of the $99 for the seminar. And it's not what I'm saying. It's not a self-help seminar. Because here's the thing. Here's the power. Here's the key. This is what I tapped into when I had to change my mood, swing my mood on that Tuesday afternoon. Paul wrote to a church in a place called Galatia. And he, and he, and he talk, talked to them through the idea that as we live life following Jesus over time, we have a greater awareness of his spirit living in us. And we have time and, and, and we open ourselves up to His Spirit transforming us from the inside out. That, that change isn't outside in, change is inside out. And it's not self-change, it's God's Holy Spirit working within us, transforming us, right? And Paul said that there's fruit that comes. You, you can tell someone's intimacy with Jesus, not judging them, but you can tell someone's intimacy with Jesus by the fruit. You can tell, you can tell who they're influenced by by the fruit. You can tell where their roots are planted by the fruit. You can tell what they're feeding on by the fruit. We can't always see the roots, we can't, but the fruit. And so Paul said that, that if you're living, if we're living, walking in close step with Jesus, allowing His Spirit to, to, to transform us from the inside out, there'll be fruit. It'll be evident. You can't just claim it. It'll, it'll, it'll be evident. You won't even have to, you won't have to tell people. People say, gee, you, I've seen a, a, yeah. It's the fruit of the Spirit working in us. And, and, and he put seven fruit out there in his list to the church in Galatians. It's true for us as well. One of the fruit, fruit, plural, one of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. He calls it that, self-control. And as I mentioned, that seems paradoxical. You're saying, well, he's saying that we've got, because we've got God's Holy Spirit residing in us, right, which is where the power comes from, we have the ability to take ownership and we have the ability, empowered by God's Holy Spirit, we can make the choice about what we let into our heart. Oh, I just can't. No, no, you just can't. But tap into the power of God's Holy Spirit in you and you can because He will work on the inside in your circumstance. Oh, yeah, but 
yeah, no. Paul obviously never met my neighbor because I just have no ability. No, no, you do. That's the thing. And what I'm trying to do is remind you or, or highlight that you do. But it's not your power. It's God's Holy Spirit, but it's your decision. That's why it's called self-control, because God wants to, but He doesn't force it. Capiche? Spending the afternoon with 150 wogs. All of them have mustaches, even the women. It's going to be a long afternoon. trying to get all my words out now, so I have an excuse to lie on the couch uh, in the thing. But anyway, taking my own towel. Real quick question before we finish. Has it helped anyone this morning? It feels like it was just an introduction, but I wanted to give you something actually practical. Own your emotions. But be here next week. Bring someone. Bring that person that you were thinking of. That Boy, they could really hurt this. Bring them. Don't tell them why. Just bring them. Uh... And then week three, beating burnout. So it's, a, it's a 21st century Western plague and doesn't have to be that way. Don't be too burnt out to come. Last question. We talked about following Jesus every week, pretty much every week. We try to every week give you the opportunity to make a decision to follow Jesus if you've never made that decision before. Most of you have. I know your story. But if you've never made that decision to follow Jesus, we're going to give you that opportunity right here, right now. And all I want you to do in a moment is just put your hand up. Just basically saying to God, yeah, I'm, I'm making that decision today. That's, that's my next step. When I see your hand, you put it down. I'm just going to quickly pray. Uh, but we don't want you to leave this auditorium with, without taking the opportunity to make what I would say to you is the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. You can make decisions to swing your mood and all of that's important. Guard your heart, yep, but above, above, above all that, choosing to put your faith in Jesus, to trust Him, to start a journey following Him. So for those of you that have never started that journey, never said yes to following Jesus, just right now, we want to give you that opportunity. And it's real simple in terms of what happens next for you. If you want to take that step, just put your hand up. You're putting your hand up. You say, Mark, yeah. Well, you're saying, God, that's me today. You see your hand. You can put it down. Saw someone last week make this decision. Great stuff. Don't miss this opportunity if you've never made this decision. The rest of us are praying for you right now. They want to see you experience the life that Jesus has given us.